everyone, welcome to another episode of Warrior Cats series. I'm your host, Sharpstar. Uh, today, we will be reading chapter 1 and 2. Um, uh, so, for um, certain chapters, I have to um, pause in the middle of them because um, the app, app that I'm using only lets you, uh, for each segment, um, only let you record like 15-ish minutes uh, without shortening it. Um, so, and like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll have to pause in the middle of the chapter sometimes, um, but then we'll get right back into the story. And yeah, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let's get on with the episode. Warm shafts of sunshine streamed through the canopy of leaves and flickered over Fireheart's pelt. He crouched lower, aware that his coat would be glowing amber among the lush green undergrowth. Paw by paw, he crept beneath a fern. He could smell a pigeon. He moved slowly toward the mouth-watering sim until he could see the plump bird pecking among the ferns. Fireheart flexed his claws, his paws itching with anticipation. He was hungry after leading the dawn patrol and hunting all morning. This was the high season for prey, a time for the clan to grow fat, a time for the clan to grow fat on the forest bounty. And although there had been little rain since the newly floods, the woods were rich, rich with food. After stocking the fresh kill pile back at camp, it was time for Fireheart to hunt for himself. He tensed his muscles, ready to leap. Suddenly, a second scent wafted toward him on the dry breeze. Fireheart opened his mouth. His m- Fireheart opened his mouth, tipping his head to one side. The pigeon must have smelled it too, for its head shot up and it began to unfold its wings. But it was too late. A rush of white fur shot out from under some brambles. Fireheart stared in surprise as the cat pounced on the startled bird, pinning it to the ground with his. Fr- with his front paws before finishing it off with a swift bite to the neck. The delicious smell of fresh kill made Fireheart's nost- filled Fireheart's nostrils. He stood up and padded out from a- padded out of the un- undergrowth toward the fluffy right- white tom. Well, ta- well caught, Cloudpaw, he meowed. I didn't see you coming until it was too late. Nor did this stupid bird, crowed Cloudpaw. Flicking his tail smugly, Fire felt his shoulders tense. Cloudpaw was his was his apprentice as well as his sister's son. It was Fireheart's responsibility to teach him the skills of a clan warrior and how to respect the warrior code. The young Tom was undeniably a good hunter, but Fireheart couldn't help wishing that he would learn a little humility. Deep down, he sometimes wondered if Cloudpaw would ever understand the importance of the warrior code. The moon's old traditions of loyalty and ritual that had been passed down through generations, sorry, through generations of cats in the forest. But Cloudpaw had been born in Tulek Place to fire her kitty pet sister, Princess, and brought to Thunderclan by fire, fire her as a tiny kit. Fireheart knew from his own bitter experience that clan cats had no respect for kitty pets. 
Fireheart had spent his first six moons living with two legs, and there were cats in, in his clan who would never let let him forget that forget the fact that he was not forest-born. He twitched his ears impatiently. He knew he did everything he could to prove his loyalty to the clan, but his stubborn apprentice was a different matter. If Cloudpaw was going to win any sympathy from his clanmates, he was going to have to lose some of his arrogance. It's just as well you're so quick, Pirate pointed out. You were upwind. I could smell you, even if I couldn't see you. And so could that bird. Cloudpaw's long, snowy fur bristled, and he snapped back. I know I was upwind, but I could tell this dumb, dumb dove wasn't going to be hard to catch whether he smelled me or not. The young cat stared defiantly into Fireheart's eyes, and and Fireheart felt his annoyance turning to anger. It's a pigeon, not a dove, he spat, and a true warrior shows more respect for prey that feeds his clan. Yeah, right, retorted Cloudpaw. I didn't see Thornpaw show much respect for that the squirrel he dragged back to camp yesterday. He said it was too it was it was so dopey a kid could have caught it. Thornpaw is just an apprentice, Fire growled. Like you. He still has a lot to learn. Well I caught it, didn't I? grumbled Cloudpaw, prodding the pigeon with his solemn paw. There's more to being a warrior than catching pigeons. I'm faster than Brightpaw, I'm stronger than Thornpaw, Cloudpaw spat back. What more do you want? Your dinmates would know that a warrior never attacks with the wind behind him. Fireheart knew he shouldn't let himself be drawn into an argument, but his apprentice's stubbornness and frustration infuriated him like a tick on his ear. Big deal. You might have been downwind like a good warrior, but I got the pigeon first. Cloudpaw raised his voice in an angry yowl. Be quiet, Fireheart hissed, suddenly distracted. He lifted his head and sniffed the air. The forest seemed strangely silent, and Cloudpaw could me- Cloudpaw's yow- loud meows were echoing too loudly through the trees. What's the matter? Cl- Cl- Cloudpaw glanced around. I can't smell anything. Neither can I, Fire admitted. So what are you worried about? Tiger Claw. Fire answered bluntly. The Dark Warrior had been prowling through, the- through his dreams since Blue Star had banished him from the clan a quarter moon ago. Terraclaw had tried to kill the Thunderclan leader, but Fire had stopped him and exposed his long-hidden treachery to the whole clan. There had been no sign of Tireclaw since, but Fireheart felt icy claws of fear prickling, pr- pricking at his heart now as he listened to the stillness of the forest. It seemed to be listening to, holding its breath, holding its breath, and Tireclaw's parting words echoed in Fireheart's mind. Keep your eyes open, Fireheart. Keep your ears pricked. Keep looking behind you, because one day, I'll find you. And then you'll be crow food. Cloudpaw's mew broke the silence. What would Tireclaw be doing around here? He scoffed. Blue Star exiled him. I know, Fire agreed, but only StarClan knows what where he went. But Tireclaw made it clear that we had not seen the last of him. I'm not scared of that traitor. Well, you should be, hissed Fireheart. Terraclaw knows these woods as well as any cat in ThunderClan. He'd tra- tear you to shreds if he got the chance. Cloudpaw snorted and circled his catch impatiently. You've been no fun since Blue Star made you deputy. 
I'm not hanging around if you're just going to waste the morning trying to scare me with nursery tales. Yeah, with nursery tales. I'm meant to be hunting for the clan elders. And he dashed away into the brambles, leaving the lifeless pigeon lying on the earth. Cloudclaw, come back, Fireheart yelled fiercely. Then he shook his head. Let Tigerclaw have him. Sorry, let let Tigerclaw have the young mouse-brained idiot. He muttered to himself. He muttered to himself. Lashing his tail, he snatched up the pigeon and wondered whether to carry it back to camp for Cloudpaw. To Cloudpaw, a warrior should a warrior should be responsible for his own fresh kill. He concluded and tossed the pigeon into the thick clump of grass. He pattered after it and flattened down the green stalks to cover the fat bird. Wishing he could be sure that Klapo would return and take it back with the rest of his catch to the hungry elders. If he doesn't bring it home with with him, he can go hungry until he does. Fire decided. His apprentice had to learn that even a green leaf prey should never be wasted. The sun rose higher, scorching the earth and sucking moisture from the leaves on the trees. Fire pricked his ears. The forest was still was still ear eerily quiet, as if its as if its creatures were hiding until the evening shade brought relief from another day of glaring heat. Guys, we're gonna stop here for now, and then uh, we can finish reading uh, the rest of the chapter. Okay, now we can uh, finish reading um, chapter one. The stillness unnerved him. And a flicker of doubt tugged at his belly. Perhaps he should go and find Cloudpaw after all. You tried to warn him about Tigerclaw. Fire could almost hear the familiar voice of his best friend, Graystripe, echoing in his mind. And he winced as bittersweet memories flooded through him. It was the it was exactly the sort of thing the former Thunderclan warrior would say to him right now. They had trained together as apprentices, and fought beside each other until other fought beside each other until love and tragedy tragedy had torn them apart. Graystripe had fallen in love with a she-cat from another clan, but if if Silverstream had not died in her kidding, perhaps Graystripe would have stayed with ThunderClan. Once more, Fireheart remembered Graystripe carrying his two kits into RiverClan territory, taking them to join their dead mother's clan. Fireheart's shoulders sagged. He missed the companionship companionship of Graystripe, and he still silently shared words with him almost every day. He knew his old friend so well, it was always easy to imagine what Graystripe would say in reply. Byrat shook away the memories with a flick of his ears. It was time he got back to, back to camp. He was the deputy of ThunderClan now. Sorry, give me one second. Um, and there were hunting parties, parties and patrols to organize. Clawpaw would have to manage alone. The ground was dry to, dry under Paul as Fireheart raced through the woods to the top of the ravine where the camp lay. He hesitated for a moment and enjoyed the surge of pride and affection he always felt as he approached his forest home. Even, even though he had spent his kithood in a two-leg place, he had known since the first time he had ventured into the forest that this was where he truly belonged. 
Below him, the center clan camp was well hidden by thick brambles. Bounding down the steep slope, Fireheart followed the well-worn path to the gorse tunnel that led into camp. The pale gray queen, Willowpelt, lay at the entrance to the nursery, warming her swollen belly in the morning sun. Until recently, she had shared the warrior's den. Now she lived in the nursery, with the other queens while she waited for her first litter to be born. Beside her, Brindle face affectionately watched her two kids, as they tussled on the hard earth, scuffing up small clouds of dust. They had been they had been Cloudpaw's adopted littermates when Fire had brought his sister's firstborn into into the clan. Brindle face had agreed to suckle the helpless kit. Cloudpaw had recently been made an apprentice, and it would not be long before Brindleface's own kits were ready to leave the nursery too. A murmur of voices drew Fireheart's gaze to, toward the high rock, which stood at the he- head of the clearing. A group of warriors w- was gathered there, in the shadows beneath the high rock, on which Bluestar, the leader of Thunderclan, normally stood to address her clan. Fireheart recognized Darkstripes, Darkstripes' tabby pelt, the least shape of running wind, and Whitestorm's snowy head among them. As Fireheart padded silently across the baked earth, Darkstripe's choreless meow sounded above the other voices. So who's going to lead the patrol at Sunhigh? Fireheart will decide when he returns from hunting, Whitestorm answered calmly. The elderly warrior was clearly reluctant to be stirred by Darkstripe's hostile tone. He should be back by now, complained Dustpelt, a brown tabby who had been an apprentice at the same time as Fireheart. I am back, Fire announced. He shouldered his way through the warriors to sit beside Whitestorm. Well, now that you're here, are you going to tell us who's going to lead the patrol at Sun High? Yeah, Darkstripe. The silver tabby turned a cold gaze on Fireheart. Fireheart felt hot under his fur, in spite of the shade cast by the hot high rock. Darkstripe had been closer to Terraclaw than any other cat and Fireheart couldn't help wondering about the depth of his loyalty, even though Darkstripe had chosen to stay when his former ally was exiled. Longtail will lead the patrol, Fireheart meowed. Slowly, Darkstripe switched his gaze from Fireheart to Whitestorm. His whiskers were twitching and the eyes glittering with scorn. Fireheart swallowed nervously, wondering if he had some- said something stupid. Uh, Longtail's out with his apprentice explained Running Wind, looking awkward. He and Swiftpaw won't be back till evening, remember? Beside him, Dustpelt snorted scornfully. Fireheart gritted his teeth. I should have known that. Running Wind, then. You can take Brackenfur and Dustpelt with you. Brackenfur will never keep up with us, meowed Dustpelt. He's still limping from the battle with the rogue cats. Okay, okay. Fireheart tried to disguise his mounting agitation, but he couldn't help feeling he had he was just plucking names at random as he ordered Breckenfur. As he ordered, Breckenfur can go hunt, hunting with Mousefur and I like to hunt with them, Sandstorm offered. Fireheart blinked gratefully at the orange sheik hat and went on, and Sandstorm. What about the patrol? It'll be past Sunhigh if we don't decide soon. Meow Darkstripe. You can join Running Wind on, the patro- on patrol, snapped Fireheart. In the evening patrol, Master asked mildly. Fireheart stared back at the dusky brown cheek hat, his mind suddenly blank. White Storm's resting mew sounded beside Fireheart. 
I'd like to lead the evening patrol. He meowed. Do you think Swiftball and Longtail would like to come with me when they return? Yes, of course. Pyheart looked around the circle of eyes and was relieved to see they all seemed satisfied. The cats moved away, leaving Fireheart alone with Whitestorm. Thanks, he meowed, dipping his head to the old warrior. I guess I should have been I should have planned the patrols before now. It'll get easier, Whitestorm assured him. We all we have all grown used to Tyreclaw telling us exactly what to do and when. Pyheart glanced away, his heart sinking. They're also bound to be more edgy than usual, Whitestorm went on. Tiger Claw's treachery was shaken the, uh, has sh- shaken the whole clan. Fire looked at the White Warrior and understood that Whitestorm was trying to encourage him. It was easy to forget that Tiger Claw's action had come from a massive shock to the rest of the clan. Fire had known for a long time that Tiger Claw's hunger for power had driven him to murder and lies, but the other. Ca- but the other cats had found it hard to believe that the fearless warrior would turn against his own clan. Whitestorm's words reminded Fireheart that, even if he did not yet have Tigerclaw's confident authority, he would never betray his clan as Sarahclaw had done. Whitestorm's voice interrupted his thoughts. I must go see him br- see Brindleface, she said. She said she about she said there was something she, she wanted me to talk about she wanted to talk about talk to me about he dipped his head Sorry. he dipped his head the warrior's respectful gesture gesture took fireheart by surprise and he nodded awkwardly in reply as he wa- watched whitestorm leave fireheart's belly growled with hunger and he thought of the juicy pigeon Paul had caught whitestorm's ginger and white apprentice brightpaw sat outside the apprentice's den and Fireheart wondered if she had brought the elders any fresh kill. He padded over to the old tree stump where she was washing her tail. She lifted her head and meowed, Hello, Fireheart. Hi, Brightpaw. Been hunting? Fire asked. Yes, replied Brightpaw, her eyes shining. It's the first time Whitestorm let me out by myself. Catch much? Brightpaw looked shyly at her paws. Two sparrows and a squirrel. Well done, Fireheart purred. I bet Whitestorm was pleased. Brightpaw nodded. Did you take it straight to the elders? Yes. Brightpaw's eyes clouded with worry. Was that okay? She mewed anxiously. That was great, Fire assured her. If only his own apprentice was so reliable, Cloudpaw should have been back by now. The elders would be need more than two sparrows, sparrows and a squirrel to fill their bellies. He decided to visit them and check that they were not suffering too much from the green leaf heat. As he approached the fallen oak where the elders made their den, voices drifted up from behind its bare branches. Willowpelt's kids will be born soon. That was Speckletail. She was the oldest queen in the nursery, and her single kit was weak and small for, for its age after a bout of white cough. New kits are always a good omen, purred one eye. StarClan knows we could do with a good omen, Smallier replied darkly. You're not still fretting about the ritual, are you? Crooked Patch felt. Fire could imagine the old black and white tarm flicking his ear impatiently at Smallier. The what? meowed one eye. The naming ceremony for the new clan deputy. Patchfelt explained loudly. You know, when Tyreclaw left a quarter moon ago? It's my ears that don't work as well as they, as they used to do. Not my mind. 
snapped one eye. She went on, and the other cats listened in silence, because one one eye was respected for her wisdom in spite of her bad temper. I don't think Star Clan would punish us just because Blue Star failed to name the new deputy before Moon High. The circumstances were very unusual. But that w- but that just makes it worse, fretted Dabbletail. What will Star Clan think of a clan whose deputy turns against it and whose new deputy was named after Moon High? It looks as if we can't keep our lo- our cats loyal, or even carry out the proper ceremonies. Fire felt an icy ripple along his spine. When Blue Star had learned about Tiger Claw's treachery and banished him from from for the clan, she had been too upset to carry out the proper rituals for appointing a new deputy. Fire had not been named as Tyrant Claw's successor until the following day, and to many cats this w- and to many cats this was a very bad omen. Fireheart's naming broke the clan with clan ritual for the first time I can remember, meowed small I- small ear in a grave tone. I hate to say it, but I can't help feeling that his deputyship will be a dark time for Thunder Clan. Patchbout mewed in, in agreement, and Fire felt his heart pound as he waited for one eye to cal- calm the other's fears with her wise words. For for once, she remained silent. Above, above him, the fierce sun continued to shine in a clear blue sky, yet Fireheart felt chilled to the bone. He turned away from the elders then, unable to face them now, and paced anxiously along the edge of the clearing. As he approached the nursery, Pirate stared at the ground, lost in thought. A sudden movement outside the nursery entrance made him look up. He froze, and his heart began to pound as he recognized Tireclaw's amber eyes gleaming at him. Hor- horrified by the familiar gaze, Pirate blinked in alarm. Then he realized that it was not not the fierce warrior he was looking at, but Bramblekit, Terraclaw's son. And that's the end of chapter one. We'll take a quick break and then read chapter two. Hope you guys enjoy this chapter, and we'll see you after the break. Now we can read uh, chapter two of The Rising Storm. Um, and yeah. Pirate saw a ripple of pale amber fur and looked up to see golden flowers slip out of the nursery. Behind the dark tabby kit, a pale ginger kit dangled from her jaws. She placed it gently on the ground next to Bramble Kit. Fireheart knew at once that golden flower had seen his reaction, for the pale ginger queen wrapped her tail protectively around her kits and lifted her chin, as if she were challenging Fireheart to say something. Fireheart felt a, gu- a rush of guilt. What was he thinking of? He was clan deputy for Starclan's sake. He knew he had to re- reassure Goldenflower that these kids would be cared for and respected like any other members of Thunderclan. Your kids look healthy. Your your kids look healthy. He stammered, but his fur prickled as the, the dark tabby kit stared up at him with unblinking amber eyes. The image of Tireclaw's Tireclaw's menacing glare. Fireheart tried to push away the fear and anger that made him instinctively unsheathe his claws and press them against the hard ground. It was Tireclaw who, who betrayed the clan, he told himself, not this tiny kit. It's Tiny Kit's first time out of the nursery, Goldenflower told him. She glanced anxiously down at the little kit. They've grown quickly, Fireheart murmured. Goldenflower leaned down and leaked. Le- le- 
licked each kit on the head, then patted it toward Fireheart. I understand how you feel, she mewed quietly. Her eyes, your eyes have always betrayed your heart, but these are my kids and I will die to protect them if I have to. She looked up, she looked she looked up into Fireheart's eyes, and he saw the and he saw the intensity of her feeling in her yellow depths. I'm afraid. I'm afraid for them, Fireheart. She went on. The clan will never for- forgive Tireclaw, nor should they. But Bramblekit and Tawnykit have done nothing wrong, and I will not let them be punished against of punished because of Tireclaw. I'm not even going to tell them who their father was, just that he was a brave and powerful warrior. Fireheart felt pain of sympathy for their troubled queen. They will be safe here, he promised, but the amorous eyes of Bramblekid still made his paws purple with unease as Goldenflower turned away. Behind behind them, Whitestorm squeezed out of the nursery. Brindleface thinks her two remaining kits are ready to be to begin their training, he told Fireheart. Does Blue Star know? Fire asked. Whitestorm shook his head. Brindleface wanted to share the news with Blue Star herself, but she hasn't visited the nursery in days. In days. Fireheart frowned. The clan leader usually took an interest in every aspect of clan life, especially the especially the nursery. Every cat knows how important it was for Thunderclan to have fine, healthy kits. I, su- I suppose it's not surprising, Weissum continued. She's still recovering from her wounds after the ba- battle with the rogue cats. Shall I, shall I go and tell her now? Fireheart offered. Yes, some go- good news might cheer her up, Whitestorm remarked. With a, with a jolt, Fireheart realized that Whitestorm was as worried as he was about their leader. As he was about their leader. I'm sure it will, he agreed. ThunderClan hasn't had this many apprentices and moons. That reminds me, yelled Whitestorm, his eyes suddenly brightening. Where's Cloudpaw? I thought he was fetching prey for the elders. Fireheart glanced away awkwardly. Uh, yes, he is. I don't know what's taking him so long, though. Whitestorm lifted a massive paw and gave it a lick. The the woods are not safe as as they once were he murmured as if he could read as if he could read fireheart's uneasy thoughts don't forget when clan that shadow clan were still angry angry with us for sheltering broken tail they don't know yet what broken tail is that broken tail is dead and they might attack us again broken tail had once been the leader of shadow clan he nearly destroyed the other clans in the forest with his greed for more territory. ThunderClan had helped, helped to drive Brokentail out of his troubled clan, but had later given him sanctuary as a, as a blind and helpless prisoner, a merciful decision that, he, that had not been welcomed by his former enemies. Fireheart knew that, that Whitestorm was warning him as carefully as possible. The warrior hadn't even mentioned the possibility that Tireclaw might still be around, but his guilt at letting Cloudpaw go off alone made him defensive. You let Brightpaw hunt alone this morning, he retorted. Yes, I told her to stay in, stay in the ravine and to be back by somehow. Whitestorm's tone was mild, but, she, but he stopped washing his paw and looked at Fireheart with concern in his eyes. 
I hope Cloud Paul won't go too far from the camp. Fireheart looked away and muttered, I should go and tell Blue Star the kids are ready. Good idea, White Storm agreed White Storm. Sorry, answered White Storm. I can take Bright Paul out for some training. She hunts well, but her fishing her fighting skills need some work. Silently cursing Cloud Paul, Fireheart padded away away toward the high rock. Outside outside Blue Star's den, he gave his her, his ears a quick wash and put Cloudpaw out of his mind before calling a greeting through the lichen that draped the entrance. A soft enter sounded from inside, and Fireheart pushed his way pushed his way slowly in. It was cool in the small cave, hollowed out hollowed out of the base of the high rock by an ancient stream. The sunlight that filtered through the luncheon made made the walls glow warmly. Blue sat hunched in her nest like a brooding duck. Her long gray fur was dirty and matted. Perhaps her wounds are still too sore to wash properly, Fireheart thought. His mind shied away from considering the possibility that his leader no longer wished to look after herself. Oh wait. But the worry, the but the worry he had seen in White Storm's eyes pricked at him. Fireheart couldn't help noticing now how thin Blue Star looked, and he remembered the half-eaten bird she'd abandoned last night. Returning alone to her den instead of staying to share tongues with her senior warriors as she used to, the clan leader raised her raised her eyes as Fireheart entered. Entered, and sorry entered, and he was relieved to see a faint spark of entrance, interest when th- when she saw him. Fireheart, she greeted him, sitting up and lifting her chin. She held her broad gray head with the same dignity Fireheart had, had admired when he first met her in the woods near his old two-leg home. It was Blue Star who had invited him to join the clan, and her faith in him had quickly established a special bond between, bond between them. Blue Star, he began, respectfully dipping his head. White Storm's be- been to the nursery today. Brenderface told him her kids are ready to begin their apprenticeships. Blue Star slowly widened her eyes. Already? She murmured. Fireheart waited for Blue Star to start giving the orders for the apprentice ceremony, but she just she just stared at him. Uh, who do you want me want want to be their mentors? He prompted. Mentors echoed Blue Star faintly. Fireheart's fur began to prickle with unease. Suddenly, a, fl- a flint- flinty hardness flared in Blue Star's eyes. Is there any cat we can trust to train these innocent kids? She spat. Fireheart flinched, too shocked to answer. The leader's eye flashed once more. Can you take them? She demanded. Or Graystripe? Fireheart shook his head, trying to push away the alarm that jabbed at him like an adder. Had Bluestar forgotten that Graystripe was no longer part of ThunderClan? I last, at last, the she-cat nodded her head briskly and lifted her eyes to Fireheart. With a wave of relief, relief, he saw the tension leave her shoulders, and although her gaze still seemed remote, remote and icy, it was calmer now. We'll have the naming ceremony before we eat this evening, she meowed, as if she had, 
as if she had never doubted it. So who do you want them to be their mentors? Fire asked cautiously. He felt a tremor ripple through his tail as Blue Star stiffened again, and her gaze darted anxiously around the cave. You decide. Her reply was barely audible, and Fireheart decided not to press her anymore. He dipped his head and meowed, Yes, Blue Star, before backing out of the den. He sat in the shade of the high rock for a moment to gather his thoughts. Terraclaw's treachery must have shaken her even more than he had realized. If she didn't trust any of her warriors now, Fireheart ducked his head to give his chest a reassuring look. It was barely a quarter moon since the attack by the rogue cats. Bluestar would never get over it, he he told himself. Meanwhile, he had to hide her anxiety from the other cats. If the clan was already uneasy, as Weisterm had said, seeing Bluestar like this would only make them more alarmed. Guys, we're going to pause for a quick break, um, otherwise uh, it'll cut short. Um this chapter if I read the whole thing at once and see you guys in a minute. Bye. Hi everyone, um welcome back from that break. Um we're gonna have to since this chapter is long we'll have to um pause one more time but um which isn't so bad. Um okay now we can um uh, read the second part of um, chapter 2 of Rising Storm. Fireheart flexed his shoulder muscles. Fireheart flexed his shoulder muscles and padded toward the nursery. I will pope, he meowed as, as he reached the clean. The pale gray she cat was lying on her side outside the thicket of brambles that sheltered the kids. Enjoying the war- warmth of the sun, she lifted her head as Fireheart stopped to be stopped beside her. Hi, Fireheart. How's life as a deputy? How's life as a deputy? Her eyes were glinty, glint, gently curious, and her voice was friendly, not challenging. Fine, Fireheart told her, or it would be if I didn't have a pain in the neck for, for an apprentice, he thought with frustration. Or the uh, elders fretting about the wrath of StarClan, or a leader who can't even decide who should who should mentor Brindleface's kids? Glad to hear, purred Willow. She twisted her head to wash back her. To, she twisted her head to wash her back. Is Brindleface around? Fireheart asked. She's inside. Willow helped me out between licks. Thanks. Fireheart pushed his way into the brambles. It's surprisingly bright inside. Sunlight streamed through the gaps in the twisted branches, and Fireheart told himself he would have to get the holes patched up before the cold winds of leaf fall. Hi, Brundleface, he mewed. Good news. Blue Star says the naming ceremony for your kids will be this evening. Brundleface was lying on her side while her two pale gray kids clambered over her. Thanks, Starclan, for that, she grunted as the heavier of the kids she grunted as the heavier of the kids for oh his fur speckled as dark flecks sprang off his mother's flank and flung himself at his sister these two are getting too big for the nursery the kids tumbled over and rolled against their mother's back in a tangle of paws and tails Brundleface gently shoved the kids away from her and asked 
do you know who their mentors will be? Byher was already prepared for this question. Bluestar hasn't hasn't decided decided yet, he explained. Are there any warriors you prefer? Brindleface looked surprised. Bluestar will know best. She, best. She should she should decide. Fireheart knew as well as any cat that it was a traditional it was traditional for the clan leader to select mentors. Yes, you're what you're right, he mewed heavily. His fur pr- prickled as the breeze carried the odor of tired claws tabby kit to his weapons. Where's Goldenflower? he asked Brindleface more sharply than he more sharply than he intended intended. Her eyes widened. She's taking the kids to meet the elders, she replied. She narrowed her eyes as Fireheart at Fireheart. You recognize Tired Claw and his son, don't you? Fireheart nodded uncomfortably. He he has his father's looks, but that's all. Brindleface assured him. His he's gentle enough with the with the other kids, and his sister certainly keeps him in place. Keeps him, sorry. He certainly keeps him in his place. Well, that's good. Fireheart turned away. I'll I'll see you later at the ceremony. He meowed as he pushed his way back to, through the entrance. Does this mean Blue Star decided when the naming ceremony should be? Will called after over to him when he appeared outside. Yes, he answered. Who will their mentors be? But Fireheart trotted away before he could hear the rest of Willow Pelt's question. News of the naming ceremony would spread through the camp like forest fire, and every cat would want to know the same thing. Fireheart would have to decide soon, but his nostrils were still filled with the scent of Bramble Kit, and his mind whirled as dark thoughts unfolded sinister wings within him. Instinctively, he headed for the fern tunnel that led to the mess and cat's clearing. Yellow Fang's apprentice, Cinderpelt, would be there. Now that Graystripe had gone to live with the River Clan, Cinder- Cinderpelt was Fireheart's closest friend. He knew that the gentle gray she-cat would be able to make sense of the confused emotions that seethed in his heart. He he quickened his pace through the cool ferns and emerged into the sunlight clearing. At one end end loomed the flat face of a tall rock, split down the center. The niche, the niche, the niche. The niche in the middle of the stone was just large, large enough for Yellowfang to make her den and store her healing herbs. Fireheart was about to call when Cinderpelt. Fireheart was about to call when Cinderpelt limped out from from the shadowy cleft in the in the rock. As ever, the light at seeing his friend was tempered by pain of seeing the twisted hind leg that had pre- prevented her from becoming a warrior. The young she-cat had, bat- had been badly injured when she'd run onto the Thunderpath. But her couldn't help feeling responsible because Cinderpelt had had been his apprentice when the accident happened. But as, she re- as, but as she recovered under the watchful eye of the clan's medicine cat, Yellowfang had begun to teach her how to care for sick cats, taking her own as apprentice as on as an apprentice a moon ago a moon and a half ago. Cinderpelt had found her place in the clan at last. 
A large bunch of herbs dangled from Cinderpelt's jaws as she went into the clearing. Her face was keased and in wo- and wo- and a worried fa- frown, and she didn't even notice Fireheart standing at the tunnel entrance. She dropped the bundle on the sun-baked ground and began sorting, sorting through, fretfully through the leaves with her forepaws. Cinderpelt, he meowed. The little cat glanced up, surprised. Fireheart, what are you doing here? Are you sick? Fireheart shook his head. No. Is everything okay? Cinderpelt looked dejectedly at the pile of leaves in front of her, and Fireheart patted over to give her a nuzzle. What's the matter? Don't tell me you spilled the mouse pile and Milking's nest again. No, replied Cinderpelt indignantly. Then she lowered her eyes. I should have never have agreed to train as a medicine cat. I'm a disaster. I should have read the signs when I found that bright bird. Fireheart remembered the moment that had happened after his naming ceremony. Cinderpelt had chosen a magpie from the fresh kill to give to Bluestar, only to find that, beneath its soft feathers, it was crawling with maggots. Did y'all think that was an omen about you? Fireheart asked. Well, no, Cinderpelt admitted. Cinderpelt admitted. So what's, what makes you think you're not cut out to be a mess of cat? He tried not to let his mind dwell on the fact that the Roddy Magpie could have been an omen about another cat, his leader, Blue Star. Cinderpelt flicked his tail with frustration. Yelfling asked me to mix a poultice for just a simple one for cleansing the wounds. It was one of the first things she ever taught me, but now I've forgotten which herbs to put in. She's going to think I'm an idiot. Her voice rose to a wail, and her blue eyes were huge and troubled. You're not an idiot, and Yellowfang knows it, Fireheart told her Rob robustly. It's not the first dumb thing I've done lately. Yesterday, I've asked, I, I had to ask her the difference between foxglove and poppy seeds. Cinderpelt hung her head even lower. Yellowfang said I was a danger to the clan. Oh, you know what Yellowfang's like, Fireheart assured her. She's always saying things like that. Yellowfang had been ShadowClan's medicine cat, and although she had she had become part of ThunderClan after being exiled by their cruel leader, Brokendale, she still betrayed flashes of the fierce temper of the ShadowClan warrior. But one, but one of the reasons she and Cinderpelt got on got on so well was that Cinderpelt was more capable of standing up to Yelfling's irritable outbursts. Guys, we're gonna pause right here and take a quick break and we'll be treating this. Um, uh, hope you guys enjoy this part. Um, and yeah, bye. reading for the last part of uh, Rising Storm. Cinderpelt sighed. I don't think I've got what it takes to become a medicine cat. I thought I thought I was doing the right thing, be- becoming Yelfing's apprentice, but it's no good. I just can't learn everything that I need to know. Fireheart crouched down until his eyes were level with, c- with Cinderpelt's. This is about Silver Stream, isn't it? He yawned fiercely. 
He remembered the day at Sunny Rocks when the Grey Stripes River Clan Queen had given birth before her, t- her time. Cinderpearl had tried desperately to save her, but S- Silverstream had lost too much blood. The beautiful Silver Tabby had died, although her newborn kids had survived. Cinderpearl didn't reply, and Fireheart knew he was right. You saved her kids, he pointed out, but I lost her. You did everything you could. Fireheart leaned forward to look Cinderpearl on her gray soft gray, on her soft gray head. Look, just ask Yellow Thing what the er- what herbs to use the poultice. She won't mind. I hope so. Cinderpelt sounded unconvinced. Then she gave herself a shake. I need to stop feeling sorry for myself, don't I? Yeah. Fireheart answered, flicking his tail at her. Sorry. Cinderpelt threw him a rueful look that, that glimmered with a hint of her old humor. I don't suppose you've brought any fresh kill with you? Fireheart shook his head. Sorry, I just came to speak to you. Don't tell me Yellow Thing's starving, starving you. No, but this medicine cat thing is harder than you'd think, Cinderpearl replied. I haven't had the chance to eat, take any fresh kill today. Her eyes flashed with curiosity. What did you want to talk to me about? Terror Claw's kids. Fireheart felt the bleakness seep into his belly again, especially Bramblekit. Because he looks like his father? Fireheart winced. Where? Sorry. Fireheart winced. Were his feelings that easy to read? I know I shouldn't judge him. He's just a kid. But when I look at, when I saw him, it was as if Tireclaw were looking at me. I couldn't move. Fireheart shook his head slowly, ashamed of, of his admission, but glad of the chance to confide in his friend. I don't know if I'll ever be able to trust him. If you see Tireclaw every time you look at him, it's not surprising you feel like that, mused Paul gently, but you must look beyond the color of his pelt and try to see the cat inside. Remember, he's not just Tireclaw's kit. There's some of Goldenflower in him, too, and he will never know his father. It will be the clan that raises him, she added. You, you of all cats should know that you can't judge him judge someone by the circumstances of their birth. Cinderpelt was right. Fireheart had never let his kitty pet let his kitty pet roots interfere with his loyalty to the clan. Has Starclan spoke spoken to you about Bramblekit? he asked, knowing that Cinderpelt and Yelfang wouldn't have studied Silverpelt at the moment of his birth. His heart lurched uncomfortably. As the gray cat looked away and muttered, Starclan doesn't always share everything with me. Fireheart knew Cinderpelt well enough to know she was holding something back. But they shared something with you, right? Cinderpelt gazed up at him, her blue eyes steady. His destiny will be, will be as important as that of that as any kid born to Thunderclan. She mewed firmly. Fireheart knew he wouldn't be able to make Cinderpelt reveal what Starkland had told her if she didn't want to. He decided to tell Cinderpelt about the other problem that was troubling him. There's something else I wanted to talk to you about, he confessed. I have to decide who should be the mentors for Brittleface's kids. Isn't that up to Bluestar? 
She asked me to choose for her. Cinderpelt lifted her head in surprise. Why are you looking so worried then? You should be flattered. Flattered? Fireheart echoed silently, recalling the hostility and confusion in Blue Star's eyes. He shrugged. Maybe, but I'm not sure who to pick. You have you must have some idea. Cinderpelt prompted him. Not a clue. Cinderpelt frowned thoughtfully. Well, how did you feel when I was named as your apprentice? Fireheart was caught off guard by the question. Proud and scared and desperate to prove myself, he replied slowly. He, rep- he replied slowly. Which one of the warriors do you think wants to prove himself most? Cinderpelt mewed. Fireheart narrowed his eyes. An image of a brown tabby flashed in his mind. Dustpelt. Cinderpelt nodded thoughtfully as he went on. He must be dying to get his first apprentice. He was pretty close to Tireclaw, so he'll want to prove his loyalty to the clan now that Tireclaw has been exiled. He's a good warrior, and I think he'll make a good mentor. Even as he spoke, Fireheart realized that that he had a more personal motive for choosing Dustpelt. The tabby's eyes fl- had flashed enviously as Bluestar twice made Fireheart a mentor. First to Cinderpelt, then to Cloudpaw. Perhaps Fireheart thought ju- guiltily giving Dustpelt an apprentice would soothe the warrior's jealousy, make him easier to get along with. Well then, that's one chosen, Cinderpelt mewed, encourage- mewed encouragingly. Fireheart looked down into the medicine cat's clear white eyes. She made a sound so simple. And what about the other? asked Cinderpelt. The other what? Yellowfing's raspy mew sounded from the fern tunnel, and the dark gray she-cat padded stiffly into the clearing. Fireheart turned to greet her. As usual, her long fur looked matted and dull, as if caring for the clan left her no time for grooming. But her orange eyes gleamed, missing nothing. But Bluestars asked Fireheart to choose the mentor for Brindlefaces' kits. Cinderpelt explained, Oh, has she? Yellowfang eyes widened in surprise. Who who have you come up with? We've already chosen Dustpelt, Fireheart began. Yellowfang interrupted him. Weave? She asked, Who? Who's we? Cinderpelt helped, he admitted. I'm sure that Blue Star will be pl- pleased that a cat who's barely begun her apprenticeship is making such an important decisions for her clan. Yellowfang remarked as she turned to Cinderpelt. Have you finished mix- mixing the poultice? Cinderpelt opened her mouth, mouth, then shook her head before wordlessly patting back to to the back to the pile of herbs in the middle of the clearing. Yellowfang snorted as she watched her apprentice slip away. <laughs> That cat, that cat hasn't haven't answered me back for days. She complained to Fireheart. There was a time when I couldn't get a word of an edgewise. The sooner she gets back to normal, the better it'll be for both of us. The old medicine cat frowned, then turned to Fireheart. Now, where were we? Trying to decide who would be the second mentor to Brindleface's kids, Fireheart answered heavily. Who doesn't have an apprentice? Rasped the elfing. Well, Sandstorm. Fireheart replied, he couldn't help feeling it would be unfair to give Dustpelt an apprentice without giving Sandstorm one too. After all, the, co- the two cats had trained together and earned their warrior names at the same time. Do you think it would be wise to have 
two in- inexperienced benders at the same time? Yellowfang pointed out. Fireheart shook his head. Shook his head. So is there more? So is there a more experienced Thunderclan warrior who doesn't have an apprentice? Yellowfang pressed him. Darkstripe. Fireheart thought reluctantly. Every cat knew that Darkstripe had been one of Tireclaw's clo- closest closest friends, even if he had chosen to stay with the clan with when the traitor had been sent to ex- into exile. Fireheart realized that if he if he didn't choose Darkstripe to be a mentor, it might look as if he were taking revenge for that for the hostility the warrior had shown him since he first came to Thunderclan. After all, Darkstripe was an obvious choice to take one of the apprentice, apprentices. Yellowfang must have seen the look of determination on Fireheart's face. She, for she meowed, "Right, that's sto- that's sorted. Would you mind leaving me to do my apprentice? Would you mind leaving me and my apprentice in peace now? We have work to do." Fireheart pushed himself to his paws. His relief that he had found to Mender's temper tempered by the uneasy feeling that, while the chosen cat's loyalty to the clan was not in question, he was far less sure of their loyalty to him. That's the end of chapter 2. Uh, hopefully next week we can read chapters 3 and 4. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and if you guys have any um, questions or something, uh, you can just uh, like go to my email. It's pretty sure it's uh sharpstar286 at gmail.com so if you want to email me or something uh then yeah hope you guys enjoy this episode see you guys next week bye